water. Earth. Fire. Air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. A production by the Novice Elitist Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. A podcast about all things Avatar. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, those in between and unaffiliated to the series finale of not not bending the elements, but the series finale of Avatar: The Last Airbender. Caleb, thank you for coming today and joining me on this series finale. How are you doing, sir? Oh, I'm I'm doing well, but I think you missed the uh, the production memos. It turns out we were completely wrong in that last episode. I guess uh, there's a is there what ten episodes after this one? Eleven? Nine? That's uh, I was yeah. One of the interns sent us the email when they were editing that podcast. And yeah, I was like, oh, I, I, I did not get that memo, sir, because the clearly, you know, Sokka's plan is foolproof. Like there's no way in heck that this plan is going to go, you know, uh, off, off the beat or is going to go off what it was uh, originally designed to be. It's going to go like, you know, smoothly. Like there's like Avatar, like Aang is going to kill Ozai and then the series will be over, right? Now, see that you're making the same mistake I did. See, I was just going to show up and, you know, not watch beforehand, not know anything about the show. And again, yeah, usually just read the notes that the interns write for us. But yeah, no, they wrote very clear at the top. This is not the finale. This so. is not the finale, you say. Well, yeah, so I was quite surprised. Yeah, I think we should get to this episode or these this, these two parter is again uh and uh see if i am correct or if i'm incorrect because if i'm incorrect oh. an egg in my face oof that'll oh i guess let's yeah let's jump into it yeah we're gonna this is one again similar to you know any other two-parters uh it's gonna be a long one so just sure bear with us ladies and gentlemen those in between and affiliated uh we'll just throw everything out now and yeah so uh yes caleb who wrote this episode yeah i'll say we're covering book three chapter 10 and 11 and part one was written by michael dante DiMartino and directed by Giancarlo volpe and the second part was written by aaron ijas and the director was joaquin dos santos yet again uh would you like to take a crack at the animation services of both i know that one of them was done by Moe Animations, the second one. This is correct. There we go. And how about the first one? That would be good old JM. Ah, back again. It's been a little while since we've seen him last. Which, although according to me, it was the last episode since I thought that they did Nightmares and Daydreams. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not Black Holes and Revelations. Whoops, that's something off topic. <laughs> hey, there you go. Supermassive Black Hole. Great song. Um, but <laughs> um, but I guess I'll jump into the the summary here for both parts, the day of the Black Sun has arrived, and Sokka's plan to take down the Fire Lord has commenced. The reinforcements join up with Team Avatar, led by Hakoda and his men, as well as some familiar faces from the gang's travels. But now that the time has arrived to deliver his plans, Sokka finds himself feeling uncomfortable in the role of the leader. And speaking of uncomfortable in their role, following up on the events of the previous episode, Zuko finds himself arriving at a crossroad of destiny and chooses to say goodbye to the role he spent so much time fighting to regain. 
He goes about preparing his goodbyes for May and visits a portrait of his mother where he promises he'll make right the mistakes he's made. Meanwhile, the invasion begins and proves successful. The group pave their way to the palace and arrive in the Fire Lord's throne room but find Ozai absent. It seems their plan has been discovered and their arrival was prepared for, but not wanting to waste their opportunity, Aang, Sokka, and Toph go in search of a nearby volcano where Toph's seismic sense revealed an underground bunker. They eventually arrive at the location where they believe the Fire Lord is hiding, but instead find Azula. A chase ensues, but they quickly realize this is yet another part of the preparations, and she's merely wasting their time as the eclipse ticks on. And over with Zuko, he arrives at the true location of the Fire Lord and tells his father the plans of his betrayal. He's leaving the Fire Nation and plans to join up with the Avatar and help him in his cause. This leads to a bending battle as the safety of the eclipse ends. But unlike their last bending encounter, Zuko holds his ground and escapes unscathed, returning to the prison where his uncle was being held in the hopes of freeing him, but he finds that Iroh's missing, having escaped during the invasion. And over with Aang, Azula took her chance to flee, and now that the eclipse is over, Sokka and Toph convince him that it's time for them to retreat and regroup, and take back the fight another day. Reluctantly, he agrees, but when they return, they find a fleet of firebenders arriving by air, destroying their exit plans for the invasion force. The adults choose to stay behind as prisoners, while the gang and three other kids take to the skies on Appa, flying off into an uncertain future. But they're not alone, as Zuko commandeered a hot air balloon and falls not far behind. And that's where we leave off in the Day of the Black Sun. But yeah, I guess we'll now jump into the big, uh, I guess, mid-season finale, according to what these interns wrote. Who, don't, who knows if they're right? You know, underpaid, unpaid. You know, they, they probably uh, just skim these shows like us. Oh, did I say that out loud? <laughs> no, unpaid interns. That's not a problem that needs to be dealt with. No, not a problem at all. Yeah, no, they don't deserve money. Yeah. No, I'm just, <laughs> it, Yikes. Just in case anyone doesn't realize, I'm, I'm kidding about all this. We don't have any interns. Yikes. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Our fingers are crossed behind our backs. You have to realize this. You have to believe us, even though you can't see us. <laughs> yeah, I'm the intern. So... <laughs> But uh, yeah, let's jump into the episode here. So let's, uh, let's everyone get to timestamp zero and we'll hit play in three, two, one, play. I don't even know why we're still doing the, the present play. I don't know if we should keep that for core, if we should just, just, I don't know, drop it. I don't know. <laughs> well, that one's a lot shorter though, isn't it? Actually, yeah, ways more shorter because they don't even like give you anything of like the series of events that have happened over the past 70 years. Okay, I gotta stop talking. Whistler Sun. Whistler Sun, yep. Day of the Black Sun Part 1, The Invasion. Hmm, the big invasion. Yeah, this is... Yeah, it's 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 kind of exciting and sad to be here. So much is... Uh, I feel like we're plowing through this last season so quickly. It's... Uh, yeah, it's a big change coming for us. Yeah, they kept they kept the steam going from like... This This all started all the way back in the desert, I believe. Or the... Sorry, the, the library. Library, yeah. And... Yeah, and actually, that was, I believe, also was it episode nine or ten? So yeah, they've they've had this idea like going on the entire time. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But now we're we're finally here. We're we're talking some strategy. You know, the gang they're all getting excited. Aang's finally got some rest after that whole you know disastrous couple of days. And yeah, he's prepped just like us for the. Uh... Yeah, he's totally prepped. Hey, Aang. When are you going to learn firebending? Hey, you know, he, he's given up on the firebending. He's like, okay, you know, I just, you know, that part of the test, 
I'm just going to do great in everything else. But that part of the test, I'll just leave blank and hope the teachers are nice to me. Yeah, I'll just let like, you know, destiny handle itself out and whatnot. Like the river is going to go over to the ocean, right? We never know like which path and like which way it's going to go. But like lakes and or um, uh, natural water always goes back to the ocean, right? Yeah, it's just like a golf swing. You know, you know, you never know if you're going to get a good bounce or a bad bounce. He's relying on a good bounce for this. Hang, are you going to kill the Fire Lord? <laughs> yeah, he's going to borrow Sokka's uh, meteor blade and chop his head off. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Um, but, <laughs> uh, what's going on in this scene? Take it away for us here. So it would seem as though Sokka is now having the... Uh, the butterflies in his stomach, whereas Aang had uh, a lot of anxiety uh, before in the previous episode. And all that mm. seems to just be, again, forgotten. And so Char is there just, you know, reassuring him just like, hey, it's OK. Like it, 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 people always uh, feel have the jitters in them right before they're about to go to war. Oh, I know I do. Yeah. Yeah, I know that war, right? Like, yeah, it's just, yeah, I can't wait to go to that. eh? Oh, I can wait. <laughs> uh, hey, Katara, how are you feeling about bloodbending? Oh, no, not that again. Um, but speaking of uh, seeing something again, that's when the there's something coming in from the fog. It's uh, hmm, it looks like a ship full of ghost lepers, I think. Oh, no, wait, actually, it's just uh, yeah, waterbenders. <laughs> ghost lepers is I OK, I can't tell who this is this time. Is it the ghost lepers uh, or is it Jean Jacket? <laughs> <laughs> i think it's uh i think it's john carpenter he's actually on a ship that he's filming this other ship for the uh the fog what is this antonio bay yeah <laughs> there you go <laughs> but who's this on the ship but sock and guitar's dad hakoda back again and also batau at his side yeah and he looks like he shamed his, shaved his little uh goatee whereas it's a facial hair there i don't know if it's a goatee but uh styled it i suppose for batau i think i did he have it shaved or yeah Oh, Batau, yeah, okay. Uh, actually, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, but not just them, because we see that they've... Uh, I guess they've been going around collecting all the people who've agreed to... They, they've signed up for the uh, the war. Yeah, they, they sent in their letters of requesting to join, and the first group that comes off the ship is our two pals, the Swampbenders. Uh, what are the names again? Uh, let's see, Do and... Um... I still forget the other guy's name. They said it in the it's, it's in the uh, it's in the subtitles. Yeah, I remember. And there's Hugh, right? We see him a bit later. I am the walrus. Yeah, our pals, the Swampbenders. I was definitely happy to see them again. And when I watched this the first time, I was pumped to see them. I was like, oh, wow, I did not see them coming back. This is great. Um, uh, yeah, and then yeah, Hugh comes out and he's like, you know, uh, was pants or no, um. Was it uh, death is an illusion and sore pants? Yeah, I thought that was a bit odd. And then there's a, a bit of a moment at 0227 where Katara's eyes are a lot smaller than they should be, and Sokka's eyes are iron hue for some reason. Uh, Sokka, is there something you got to tell us? <laughs> he's just, you know, he's been shaving his armpits for years, and he's like, wow, look at this guy, he's so confident. Maybe I should go back just letting that that hair grow. Sure, but just by the way, like I just curious as to whether or not you oh. uh, have any beliefs or uh, what your preferences are when it comes to uh, certain particular feelings inside. Yeah, 
uh yeah figure feelings inside in the male model but anyway hey i'd love it i'd love it you know uh, yeah he's got a he's got a harem going on never said if it was just women but anyway oh boy but speaking of uh not just women yeah katara's got the the small eyes all of a sudden as she sees uh, a familiar face we haven't seen in quite a while but it's uh it's haru and he's he's grown some kind of ugly facial hair i'll say i was like ooh, that does not really suit him but oh man oh man what what the hey wow wow already uh sorry haru you're uh you're getting the you're getting the displeasure from caleb this time yeah go back to the go back to the village where you're sad because everyone's imprisoned jeez no good <laughs> grief um but yeah anyway so ang introduces katara or the car uh toff to haru uh saying this would have been my uh, earthbending teacher had you not you know been of similar so uh skill level to me so uh mm-hmm. yeah and for some reason in like i don't know four months when he got out of the ice uh ang uh haru has i yeah just gotten face with her for some reason it's been i guess two years in real time for us but it's only been a few months so ow he aged up fast hey he's at that age where you know the change happens fast well, uh, speaking of like, you know, biochemistry activating, uh, so are uh, the, I guess, rosy cheeks on Katara at 0243 um, when Haru mentions about Katara inspiring uh, him and his village and her, you know, the other earthbenders to rise up, rise up and take back their, uh, um, I guess, their dignity or their freedom. Oh, we know that her, we know that her ego is rising up at that moment because, uh, yeah, we've seen her with her savior con- complex. She, I'm sure she loved that comment. But we do see some other uh, beloved folks here as we see the boulder making his return. And I don't know who this other guy is. Is this the firebending man or who is this big, big guy? No, no, no. It's the hippo. The hippo. I don't remember him. Mm. Uh, he was one of the eight rocks. Oh, okay. Mm. He had uh, He had teeth in the shape of a hippo or teeth aligned like a hippo. Excuse me. Yeah, and I smell what the hippo's cooking. It's it's some boulders and some rocks, and yeah, I'm excited to see our our buds again, especially the boulder. <laughs> Why not? Because like it's always nice to see the boulder, right? Yeah, and even even Toph seems charmed to see them again. Like, oh wow, my old pals. We always used to meet up in the locker room, and I'd be bullying everyone because I didn't realize that we're supposed to work on the same side. But <laughs> yeah, and uh, so wait, whatever happened to? Uh... Uh, Jifu, by the way, like, um, did he ever come back? No, I heard he got like, no, I haven't heard anything ever since, but they did find this like, this weird metal cage with these two guys in there and they're kind of rotting right now. They're, they're, they're dead, but like, yeah, they're really smelt bad, like real bad stuff in there. Oh yeah. I wonder how that happened. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Toph had spread some rumors. Oh, I think he started another promotion somewhere and she's just thinking like, oh wait, did I ever leave that little crack open for him to get out of there? Oops. Uh, didn't think that through initially, but I was really peeved off at that point. Anyways, so yeah, they, they went over to the um let's see the, the East Coast this time. Um the doing the East Coast championship stuff. <laughs> or the East Pro Coast promotion, excuse me. Anyways. Um but <laughs> to interrupt their, you know, I guess somber reunion, uh there's a big boom that happens below one of the ships. Yep, and we see our everyone's favorite uh I guess I thought he was a traitor, but I guess he's not. It's the mechanist, and is it Theo? It's Teo. 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 It's Teo, and for uh, also uh, Pips, Pipsqueak, excuse me, and the Duke. 
Yeah, I got to get these interns to write their notes more clearly. You know, I couldn't read that line that they wrote for me to say. <laughs> and for some reason, <laughs> none of them are suffering from tinnitus or... There you go. Yeah. They all seem to still have their eyebrows intact. And I guess their yeah, their clothes still look fairly decent, but even so. Yeah, they had better luck than Arnold Schwarzenegger on uh, The Terminator. If you remember that bit. <laughs> well, I remember that bit. <laughs> but either way, I'm, I'm happy to see that these two are back, especially the mechanist. I always uh I enjoyed him in that one episode that he was in, and I'm happy to see a little bit more of use for him. And with uh, Pip's week, Pip's week, and uh, what was the other guy's name? The Duke. The Duke. Yeah, I was happy to see them back. And I was, I'll admittedly say, I was waiting for them to make some mention. Oh, you know, I heard uh, you guys had a run in with Jet. Have you seen him lately? Uh, and the group would just be like, oh, awkward. Now remember, they were. These guys were, I don't know about like Bowler and Hippo, but like uh, these two were initially, or these four, excuse me, that we see on screen were in the, uh, not pilot, but they were in the first episode of book three. If you recall, they had overtaken that uh, Fire Navy ship. Oh, yes. I forgot about so, that. Yeah. Conversation would have and or could have uh, been discussed at that point. So yeah, though, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Well, you know, they're just talking about like, you know, exp- uh, just testing like, you know, certain uh, capabilities and or equipment that they'll use uh, during the invasion. The mechanist there always uh, got going for him. Uh, him and Teo present Aang with a, a gift given uh, he's kind of been soloing and or he's without a weapon. See, Sokka got a weapon uh, and that's when Aang lost his weapon. <laughs> So he's been without a glider, and this time the mechanist has taken upon himself to create, given that he, you know, created gliding equipment beforehand, he presents Aang with his new, uh, differently created uh, air gliding staff. Yeah, new and improved. It's It's got a nicer color. It seems like the the blue almost matches arrow. And it comes prepped with a little uh, little snack compartment, which I think is quite nice. Until like Aang uses that while airborne and chokes himself to death. Well, it's uh, no spoilers. Let's uh, let's see what happens in the finale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then we you know, cut away from those happy uh, reunions to a more somber uh, side of the episode. A more uh, yeah. Speaking of imprisoned from earlier, as we cut back to Uncle Iroh and the guard that's being kind of a kind of a jerk to him a little bit there. At least one of the guards. Then we see uh, a nice la- a, a lady guard. Well, that sounds offensive. <laughs> yeah. I, so yeah, this one this one guard's really chewing in into Uncle Iroh, like just I guess belittling him and uh, yeah. he's just showing him off or, or whatever, and just like putting him in his place, like probably Zhao would be doing if he were still here with us. Uh, but then in comes this like Ming, his I guess this pres- uh, this this guard who seems to have been taking a liking to Uncle Iroh's personality and maybe vice versa. She seems a very kindred spirit. She doesn't seem like she's the person who would uh, be too cranky and or obnoxious to the other prisoners, but or at least she's taken a liking to Uncle Iroh given his gentle personality. So it seems as though, yeah, they are kindred spirits. Yeah, only a jerk could not uh, enjoy Iroh, like this other guard. Yeah, this is technically true. She definitely has uh, fallen for uh, his... Again, personality, and I like the friendship. I wish we saw more of it. Um, but anyway, so we, we cut away from them. I think we'll probably see them at some point, but uh, maybe later. But we, we then cut over to um, 
<laughs> public speaking. And uh, yeah, I think we've all been here at one point. Yeah, it's the name of this episode. It's public speaking and soccer. Yeah. Two things that don't combine. And yeah, I know I've definitely been here. I don't, uh, I don't despite doing a podcast, you know, and speaking to uh, many different audience members, I don't do well speaking in front of a, cl- a crowd at all. Yeah, I freeze up and yikes. I can agree with that as well, uh, where public speaking cannot always be my uh, thing. So <laughs> if I ever go back to college and I have to do something like that, I should just, um, what is it, create a, uh, do a, uh, what is it, pre, uh, I should do a, I should film myself initially uh, and do it instead. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah, just record it and then just press a little button and then just move your mouth as if you're speaking. <laughs> Hopefully they're not paying enough attention to notice. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, you know, he as he's going up on the stage, he trips and drops his paper everywhere. Yeah, and people are just, you know, politely looking the other way. They're like, oh my gosh, you know, how embarrassing. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he looks down, his shoes untied and whatnot. And so he's still around. Oh, hi, guys. Uh, today, oh no, this is, uh, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. <laughs> yeah, goes stiff as a board. Looks like any breeze can just blow him over. And yeah, starts speaking really fast. And yeah, everyone's everyone's embarrassed. They just, they don't know what to say or do. And at least one person knows what to say or do, and that's Hakoda. He gets up, and he's he looks ashamed, too. He even puts his head down. It's like, oh, man, this is bad. Especially after the bit where, you know, Sokka uh, is, you know, about he, he lays out all the uh, the maps and or um, certain pieces of paper to for, for graphs, just for, you know, visual uh, representation or just to visually uh, show people what the plan is. And uh, <laughs> accidentally uh, brings in that drawing he made uh, from... <laughs> Uh, what is it with PN Dow? Excuse me. Uh, and uh, oh, uh, that's a revealing image of Suki. What the hey, dude? <laughs> yeah, oops. That's uh, it's yeah, that's when Akota is just like, okay, that's let's get this guy, let's get the giant uh, yeah, Kane, and let's just swipe him off the stage. And it's it's Suki without her makeup on. Oh my, <laughs> oh my, oh, that's uh, hmm. I well, uh, oh wait, is that Tylee in the? Okay, anyways, so yeah, the, so Koto, yeah, he's like, all right, I'm taking charge, and I'll just say uh, when he does take it away from Sokka, I felt so bad for Sokka when he's like, thank you, Sokka. You know why don't you go take a break? And just the expression that that they animate onto Sokka's face, I was just like, oh man, that's that hurts. Hey man, we've all been there at one point, eh? Yeah, and then he just comes up there and he immediately just lays it all out and everyone sits up they're like okay now this is uh this makes sense we can we don't have to look away ashamed we can we can really be encouraged and start getting excited to die in a battle what <laughs> hey isn't that what they're all they're all expecting to uh you know die for a cause you know most of uh, i look around here and i see that most of you will probably not uh be coming back <laughs> yeah even the map he's pointing at looks like it's skull he's like this is what you're gonna look like after this is done so <laughs> that's terrible. It's as the it's as Hughes once said, uh, death is an illusion. So just imagine that you're not dying. Yeah, and either way, he lays out the battle plan, pretty straightforward plan. You know, they're coming in with their little submarine guys, and and even though it seems pretty straightforward, the boulder gets pretty confused by the whole thing. You know, it is the boulder after all. Well, they don't they don't talk about the submarines just yet. They only just say they, they use ships because the uh... 
because the uh, directors and the writers don't want us to know about the submersibles just yet. Mm. Uh, they just didn't say, we, we got to get to this port and then we'll go up from there. Yeah. Um, but the Boulder, what he brings up, though, is, is, is a clever idea. Is that like, how come we're going at that point? Shouldn't we uh, do this during uh, the eclipse? Because then they'll be powerless to literally like stop us from assaulting uh, the, 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 um, uh, the fortress. Excuse me. Not the fortress, excuse me, the port. And so he's like, that's a good point. However, uh, we'll get, we have to get as close to inland as possible because then that's where most of the firebenders will be without uh, any of their fire. So if we can get into the main capital city, uh, then we can have a better chance at taking the, over the, the place uh, without much resistance. Yeah, because they only have a limited amount of time before the, uh, the eclipse is over. So, correct. Only last eight minutes, he says. Yeah. So keep that in mind. Yeah, and then yeah, after he lays it all out pretty clearly, everyone's excited and cheering, including the gang. They're all up on their feet cheering. Momo is the only one looking over at Sokka like, oh, he looks sad. Which I thought was cute. <laughs> I don't know if that was intentional, but I, I, I appreciate that Momo was having a tender side for his uh, his friend. Yeah, you could even see like both Katar and Toph just being an, an angle going like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aang's going to like behead the, uh, the the Fire Lord. He's going to bring us yeah. his heart. Just like, <laughs> Aang, what are you going to do with the Fire Lord? Are you going to kill the Fire Lord? Like, what's going on here? Oh, he's going to kill him. Just wait until you get to this battle. We're going to see a lot of death. Oh, man. I hope to see a lot of blood going everywhere. And then Katara using all that blood as a weapon. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I wish that she would have brought out the blood bending during this fight. But maybe, hey, that's far as we'll get there. Let's see. Yeah, well, we will see. But next we have a, uh, I guess, a, a preparing montage, preparation montage, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, everyone's arming up. Gearing up montage. There we go. Yeah, at the end, we're going to see Toph look at the... Look up at the camera and say groovy. <laughs> or maybe Appa. That'd be great. I'm also thinking of aliens there. I didn't, I forgot about the evil dead part. <laughs> and we even see Aang shaving off all this this hair that he's spent uh, months growing. So we can once again get the old Aang with the, uh, the arrow visible. There we go. And he does it without any shaving cream. Yeah, which, you know, there must be some sort of bending ability there because he, his head should be a bloody mess. <laughs> indeed yeah no because that's how it works folks right and uh, what's what's going on here after he's done shaving he's like looking up to the sun like i'm i'm ready to fight this battle yep and then just a random sheep guy comes up he's like hey what's going on yeah the koala sheep i said goat last time i'm quite an idiot for because there's a difference between rams and sheeps uh sheeps literally have the coats to them but anyway yeah. um but yeah he just comes up and is just like are you ready? <laughs> Aang, are you going to learn firebending? He was like, Aang, are you going to pat me on the head? I love being patted. Maybe you can shave me too. This hair is getting heavy. Yeah, it's getting pretty warm out right now, buds. Uh, definitely going to need to, you know, bring a new coat up when it's the wintertime. Though it is the equator. So anyway. Yeah, but speaking of, uh, you know, taking some hair down, you know, Aang was putting his hair on the floor. And now back in the, the Fire Nation capital, we see another person taking their hair down as, as prince zuko is uh, it seems like he's had a little bit of a change of heart he's taken off his kind of ceremonial or maybe not ceremonial but kind of princely uh, garb he seems like he's deep in thought here so i i looking at it right now like 0729 and i can't tell if that's the uh no it's not yeah no it's not okay uh it is not the 
crown or whatever headpiece that Avatar Roku had. Mm. Uh, it is just the current, I guess, Fire Nation um, headpiece, whether it's like the Prince one or not. So he's taken that off. So okay, I, uh, good. I was, I was I was correct in that. Yeah, maybe they buried it with Roku. <laughs> no, because he got it from Uncle Iroh. Remember? Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. How am I forgetting all this? Where's those interns? <laughs> interns. I feel like this is like sloppy, or this is just an excuse to like uh, cover up your poor memory. It is. Yeah, it is. Or your forgetful memory. I'm. Just... <laughs> <laughs> no, it is a poor memory. Who am I to judge? So yeah, it seems something's going on with Suko. I don't, I don't know what's happening, but he, yeah, he's taking stuff out. Maybe he's about to go to sleep. I have no idea. I mean, assuming this is going on real time, so the invasion. I wonder if he knows that the invasion's about to, you know, come up to his doorstep. But yeah, he seems very relaxed, and or maybe not relaxed, but very introspective, but not in like a a whiny way. Like he just like something's on his no. mind. Yeah, he's preparing to write like a letter of some sort. Yeah, it seems like he's come to some sort of big decision. And yeah, we'll see if there's see if there's more to this moment as we uh, continue the episodes. Indeed. And then we have to come to someone else who's, you know, seem like they're lost in, in introspection and, and yeah, a little bit down. As we see Sokka looking at this pretty cool, I'll say, uh, helmet. Is that some sort of like wolf, would you say? Either it's in the shape of a wolf's forehead or that's like the skin of a wolf's head. Hmm um yeah that's what i was thinking skin yeah and it's kind of the opposite where we see zuko taking off all his armor before and here sokka's mm-hmm. preparing to uh you know armor up as everybody else was yeah. in the previous scene of course but uh good co- contrast i guess between both parties yeah nice little parallel and they're both kind of stuck having having a decision about what's going to happen forward because sokka you know he spent i guess like a season and a half at this point planning for this day or I guess maybe not a season and a half, just a season. And now that it's finally come, he feels like he's let everyone down. He couldn't deliver a speech, and maybe he's not going to be the person that he hopes that he is. And we get a nice little moment with Aang trying to lift his spirits up. And I like this. There, there's not a lot of room in this episode for the uh, kind of more int- intimate moments between the, the characters. So I appreciate that they gave this to the the two of them here. Yes, no, it was like feeling very like, you know, kind of hard on himself for the initial uh, not going through with the uh, the speech to the rousing speech to get all the troops ready and up the morale. But, you know, that's just the initial part. Like there's still the actual like (laughs) plans that you have to go through. So like it's only the beginning. Yeah, and I think it's important that Aang emphasizes, like, yeah, this this early stuff, you know, doing the public speaking, saying the plan, that's not what defines a leader. You know, what, what a leader is, is defined on the battlefield out there. And we'll see if there's something they pick up on more as the episode goes on, but laying the groundwork well here. Agreed. So, continuing on, we then see uh, the troops out. They, they go on their ships, on their water tribe-looking ships, and make way to the fire nation capital yeah and i'll say uh, before they get there i like the moment when uh Katara and the swamp benders start creating their little fog uh, fog cover camouflage doing the old jean jacket routine yeah there you go and i thought it was ang who was doing all that but maybe it was guitar up there i mean i don't see him on the ship anywhere or maybe i do but i'm just like hmm i wonder uh yeah i guess he could he could obviously contribute to that but they could also do that too Oh, I meant 
Yeah, I remember when we see the uh, the the cloud cover with Appa. Oh, right. During the previous episodes, I thought that was all him, but I guess it's her too. That's both. It's it can be both. Yeah. But either way, yeah, as they're on their way, suddenly a big barricade comes up, and I think this is a really really cool visual. You heard of the walls of Jericho? Well, guess what? The um the the Fire Nation man, uh, he's got the walls of Azulon. <laughs> That's right. He uses as a reference to this. That's great. <laughs> and boy, what a really cool structure this is. Yeah, this giant. I guess that's uh, which fire lord is that? Uh, this is the previous one. So this is um, let's see. This is the one between Sozin and Ozai. So this is yeah, Azula. Uh, Ozai's father, the one that uh, what is it? Uh, Azula is named after. Yeah, we get the giant statue of him, and then we erect this this fishing net that as it comes up just fills with flame and yeah it looks it looks really cool i can't tell whether it's a metal cage that is seeped with oil and then it's lit on fire or if it's just like a lot of rope and then like you know inflamed it's a good question um because if it was rope wouldn't it just burn up yeah 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 <laughs> it's i mean hey the illusion of them like it, it like keeping them out works but at the same time it's like but it better be metal or you know something that doesn't you know burn up or else what's the point yeah i mean it looked like rope when it was raising out of the water but yeah i'll just i'll accept that it's metal yeah of course anyways yeah but either way i guess like an infiltration group uh, of firebenders show up and they're like okay now they're trapped out here let's sneak in and let's just do some quick executing from these guys. And so they board the ship. They start going through it, looking for folks to, to burn up, but nobody's there. And yeah, I'm quite surprised what's going on here. Uh, by the way, I was also incorrect about Aang being on the ship for some reason. I also didn't know what you were talking about before. So, or which were what you were referencing before. Uh, but yeah, clearly at 09 38, you could clearly see him there on the deck. Just like okay, oh, okay. there he is. Mm -hmm. So I was incorrect, but I also didn't know what you were talking about. But yeah, this yeah these <laughs> these like mini, these mini boarding boarding parties on these like you know swamp skiers or whatever it is. These jet skis come in, uh, yeah, to, to board and be like, you know, hey, what are you guys doing here? Because yeah, you know, something interesting I noticed is that the fire navy isn't here. Like the whole remember that blockade that we saw. Uh, way back uh, in what was it book one episode eight or seven excuse me no it was eight yep. um, where like you know that whole like barricade or blockade of ships were there it's like oh wonder where they are today it's basically just you with the whole like uh, back in the fire lord and the avatar it's like where are all these guards to like prevent uh, Roku from getting to Sozin before the you know the beef occurs yeah, it seems like they're pretty lax in security. Maybe they were just so overconfident, but yeah, it does seem a little bit odd. Yeah, there is that. There, there also could be a like reason for that potentially. But I was just like, yeah, where the hell is the navy? But we'll get into it anyway. So continuing on. Yeah, we see this. Uh, yeah, the underwater troops. They're they're heading off. The uh, the invasion fleet still going forward, even though they had to go under that big fire net. And I'll say, uh, just for the effects wise, I think that the CGI. Uh, looks pretty good here for their little submersibles in Appa. I, I, I think that works. It would seem that the series has, how would I put this, has expanded and progressed the world even further to have submersibles. 
yep the mechanist as we see is yeah is, he's improving his 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 skills uh, and unfortunately i guess uh yeah some people are still getting used to the growing pains as we see Toph getting motion sick and and throwing up in a little hat there takes the duke's hat or sorry the duke offers his hat to her uh, as she's feeling a little bit either seasick or under the weather because you know they're traveling at depths well probably not like super depths you know she she heard about what happened with the titan she's like i don't know man like i'm getting uh, i got a bad feeling about this yeah i like that uh they mentioned that this was Sokka's idea to create these submersibles and it was just took the mechanist brain to what actually designed them and i love that we see his little illustration of what the idea was i think that's really cute yeah, come on. That's clearly like, you know, what we, we see actually like, you know, produced, right? That's the final version, right? <laughs> but I just like that uh, Kasaka, like we always comment, he's got that that great brain, but his brain works in different ways. He is like a more of a big idea type of man. So it's nice that the two of them paired up. It makes me wonder, after all this war is done, are, are they going to just like start a business together? You know, Sokka will be the idea man and the mechanist will be putting the designs to uh, bring him to life. That's that's a good point. I mean, they will probably need another episode to explain that after this series finale. But who knows? Let's. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. We got we got we got to get through it first before that uh, that can be answered. Anyway, so yeah, we see that Katara went underneath with Appa, and she's guiding him with the old air bubble or you know water around the bubble. Which I'm like, but wait, wouldn't air like it would be very like you know you'd have to control it like very minute because of minute changes you have to do because like if Appa and her exhale that's carbon dioxide so where does the oxide go or did carbon dioxide go and is she able to like extract the oxygen from the water or separate that from there um anyways hmm. oh but before we continue the invasion we have to cut back to back to the more somber side of things with with poor Iroh still trapped in his cage and we get a pretty cute little scene here with uh was it Ming as her name was Ming, yes, Officer Ming. So she, she's, I guess it's either like, even though we just saw him, I guess this is the afternoon now. It's uh, lunchtime, so you know she's bringing up brought him his meal, and this time uh, she got I managed to swipe uh, extra bowl of rice for him, which is like, oh, it's so nice of her, like really, really nice uh, for her to do that, very considerate. But you know, then Uncle Iroh goes and is like, oh, I look at you right now, like. You look so pale, and you know, you're you're sweating really hard. It's like I can smell garlic on your from your skin. Like you just, <laughs> you need to go home and uh, you know rest rest well. He's like, my my friend, I, f- I feel fine. What are you what are you referring to? I, I I really do feel fine. And then he gets like real close to her and is just like, listen, stuff is about to go down. I don't want you here. And she's like, okay, got it. Yeah, and I think it was pretty bold that he uh, put that out there because she could have just turned around and ran to her superiors and like, oh, crap, I just heard this. Not that it would make much of an effect, which I guess we'll get to, but even still. <laughs> I guess I'll just ask you this now. So what do you think of uh, Serena Williams? Oh, um, what was that her playing that role? That was that is the, you know, widely acclaimed and, you know, professional and just highly successful tennis player herself. Oh, I didn't realize that's fun. I guess yep. she was a fan of the show. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. No, I liked her in that. She definitely stood out. And even uh who is doing Arrow's voice again, the new one? Uh, I believe it was at or is it Adam? Um Adam Baldwin, I believe. Not no relation to 
um yeah. the ballroom brothers just you know happens to have it we'll find, find it later but yeah he's uh yeah he did a good job eh yeah no I, I don't think we've really heard much of him at all this season so far but i think he was yeah good here yeah it's obviously not you know full on Michael, but i yeah. accept his performance because he's also very professional so i can't really yeah i judge him for what he's doing and he's doing a good job so yeah, and it's just nice to get a moment with Iroh again, and because of course we both love this character, and he's been absent for so much of this season. And when I watched this show initially the first time, that was one of my complaints: was oh, I become such a huge fan of this character, and then just to see him fall off and really not get much of a presence in this season, I was very disappointed. But so you, so yeah, I'm, I'm I'm happy to get him to see him get this moment here. I definitely like that a lot. Greg, his first name's Greg. That's what it is. Greg, Greg Baldwin. There we go. Yeah, because I was going to say, I can't imagine that was Adam. Like he, no, it's not. So different. So. Yeah, sorry about that. Uh, I apologize about that. But anyway, yeah, so he, so Ming leaves the scene uh, ominously, and yeah, thank goodness she will not hopefully be partaking in what is to come. I we don't know what that is, but it seems as though Uncle Iroh has his own agenda. He's planning something. Mm, good point. So we then cut back to uh, the, the, the rebellion. And they have surfaced because they need, they only have a limited supply of oxygen uh, within inside these submersibles. I also like the fact that these submersibles are not yet fully um, mechanized, as in they don't have an internal combustion engine. Uh, instead, mm. it is run on by waterbenders. It is literally like just like them moving uh, in the direction. Like, sure, they can like move certain like fins and, and parts of the submersible itself, but they cannot like propel themselves. Yeah, and that's cool, and we'll see some more cool things with that a bit later on. Um, but first, we have to, uh, yeah, we see everyone's kind of taking some downtime and just kind of probably trying to come to terms that, you know, we might just be walking into our death right now, and we need to, you know, maybe say our goodbyes and just prepare for the battle. Oh, and uh, of course, the Duke is trying to clean up his helmet after Toph made a, uh, had a little spill. Yikes. Can't just throw that that thing away if it was me. Um, Can't man, it's too sentimental for him. But um, yeah, we get a we get a big moment between Katara and Aang. This is well, first this is this is it. This is like this is the last time he's going to see uh, his friends before he you know becomes a murderer. Yeah, well, I mean, we've seen him become a murderer previously in the desert. Some, uh... That's true with those buzzard <laughs> wasps. So, like, yeah, no, but this time it's like he's full on gonna like commit murder against like a person. So, oh, and just wait, uh, we'll we'll definitely see some of that. But, um, but yeah, so he, you know, he's like, this might be the last time I see you, and I just, you know, they kind of reminisce about all the the time that they've had together and how much they've grown. And he's probably thinking in his head about, oh, I've been a certain part of me has been growing. My affections for you is, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's blossomed in love. So, yeah, let's just say the biochemistry within me has also bloomed. <laughs> well, I wasn't going to quite go there, but, but either way, and, and Katara at first is like, because he's like, oh, this might be the last time we see each other. And just, oh, don't be so pessimistic. And before she can say much more, he, uh, yeah, he just goes in for that kiss. Just... I also forgot to I forgot, I forgot to note that Katara also had well all of them uh, ditched their clothes eh like they're no longer like I forgot to mention that like I, I just realized like yeah they no longer have their uh, except for Aang in the beginning but they're all wearing their like regular clothes now eh yeah back to their the earlier designs really 
and they didn't even have the decency to go return their their clothes back to that laundromat. Like, what the hey, man? Like, come on. Oh, I know that that place out of business now, thanks to them. Like, they're gonna go kill the fire lord. Which, all right, fair enough. But they don't have the decency to go, like, you know, back and return their clothes that they stole. Like, come on, what kind of like people are these guys? Yeah, what kind of like revolutionary, uh, yeah, marauders are these people? Yeah, what's <laughs> what the hey, guys? Um, but anyway, yeah, like. And it was just like, so remember that time, like a few days ago when I was having stuff about, uh, when I was saying stuff about people living underwater, which we kind of just accomplished now that I think about that in hindsight. Um, yeah, that wasn't exactly thinking about people being underwater. It's, uh, well, this, and then 1255, this is what he wanted to demonstrate to her. Cause he just, he goes in for that kiss without. You know, any sort of preparation, it's a good thing that she received it positively because yeah. she might have pushed her away like, oh, no, man, I got I don't see you that way at all. Yeah. I mean, like she had the rosy cheeks there for Haru. So it's like, hey, man, like exactly. Yeah, there's potential for that. So who knows? Um, and hey, we saw her uh, be into, you know, mysterious guys with masks, masks, excuse me, back in uh, the chibi avatar um, shorts. <laughs> yeah, the super deformed. Um, but yeah, she, she just blinks away. She's like, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe that that just happened. Yep. And without any further words, Aang just steals himself and flies into the sky off into danger. So that is how I would like to go out. Or at least that's, that's how I got to always leave a kiss away. I'm just like, and goes away in a cool like moment. Yep. And, and despite the fact that Katara is just kind of captured by that, that moment, the minute you know, she signaled that, oh, we need to go into action. She also steals herself and gets right to it. Nice control over your emotions there. Let's go. Yeah, and I, watching this episode today, I was just thinking about how much growth we've seen. Just go back to that first episode and then to here. You know, they, they I think they've done a really good job hardening and, and maturing these characters. Yeah, progression. Um, maybe some people will at least point out, like, all right, in like a few months, it's like, yeah, it's compressed storytelling. What else, what else do you expect? Hey, it's been a hard couple months. That bloodbending episode a few weeks ago, yeah, that would hit you. <laughs> yeah, it certainly would. Probably definitely makes you uh, advance more, at least like think on stuff. But anyways. Uh, I'll add to Katara, or uh, yeah, her brother Sokka, having that love interest who died too. That, that changes things for you too. You start to think about the fragility of life. and Definitely does. But sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, that's uh, that's it. So the uh, the company uh, goes into action. They they dive, dive, dive. Anyway, and we cut away from there, and we were cut back to the capital into uh, some chambers. Mm. Yeah, and we see that still, you know, Zuko's going around without his usual garb. He looks like he's much more subdued, and he's at May's house. He looks at this pretty cool, actually. I'll say. Uh, picture of them together i was like hey i wouldn't mind having that on my wall the creepy like uh, adam's family type portrait <laughs> <laughs> yes i really do enjoy uh that aspect of it it's really cool and i think suits the two of theirs their moves mood excuse me yeah, and it turns out that that letter that he was writing earlier he had written it for her and he's just dropping it off so hmm, i wonder what that means why is he dropping this off and why is he uh seemingly apologizing to her for something 
Mm. Yes. What's about to happen? I also love the fact that I believe the little instrumental or the, the music going on in the score is, I believe, uh, the score that was used for when Zuko was at uh, the beach house, the, the royal beach house on Ombra Island, excuse me. And mm-hmm. uh, he... And it was that you know little like melody is kind of almost haunting, yeah. I'm I'm glad that was brought back into this. Uh, very much nice that there's not much like discussion or, or, or conversations needing to tell us what's happening. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, I'm curious what's gonna happen there. I'm I'm I'm, I'm liking the little snippets of the Zuko plot mixed in here. I think that's working well. Um, but then we have to cut over back to Aang, and yeah, he's flying off in action like we saw before, and I guess maybe that kiss. Oh, you know, it caused so much nerves, and he's he's gotten hungry all of a sudden. And, uh, yeah, he decides to try out that little snack compartment, which I like. Which he filled with walnuts, and I don't know if he took the shells off first. <laughs> These must be a hybrid. He can just crunch through them. Yeah, it better be some form of trail mix. There you go. But that would be definitely cool to have that kind of stuff in, like, your, your vehicle. If you could just, like, pull a dot or pull a string, and then all of a sudden, like, you lift your head up or something like that, you can, like, get your get like a bunch of trail mix yeah i wouldn't complain that's for sure even though you may <laughs> crash and end up in i don't know like getting arrested or getting a ticket yeah and i'd be cleaning up my car every few days i already clean up my car once a week i'd be doing it uh, much more often in that case yeah because he like he doesn't get all of the walnuts he just like gets a handful and that's and then the rest just like fall for you know whatever uh squirrels or little critters are there to be around um yeah yeah, no Uh, if we figured out a way to like make those was it the bags that have the um was the tubes that are you can fill it with like you know whatever liquid it is and get to you know your mouth like you gotta have something like that with like food right (laughs) Uh, i agree i agree yeah oh but so we finally arrive you know the uh seems like it's taking a little while for them to, to actually get to the port here but as they're coming in, the alarm starts sounding. They're like, oh, crap, what's that weird shadows we've seen? Is that a shark? There is. Oh, no, that's the uh, that's the enemy coming in. And I think, again, the CGI works well as we see this little uh, chain attack that they're throwing at him. Yeah, all these harpoons. Uh, really cool. I definitely uh, making up for, you know, gunfire because yeah. they, they can't do that. So these harpoons instead... And chains are really used, uh, and that's and they we've seen them throughout the series as well. So definitely making good use of that. And moving on. <laughs> yeah, I like that we see when one of the ships gets hit that they uh, the waterbender just freezes the the leak into the ship, just turns into ice. I thought that was cool too. I was like, oh man, I wish we had that in real life. <laughs> yeah, they solve a lot of problems with wrecks. I don't know if it solves a lot of problems, but definitely like helps. Yeah, Titanic might have turned out a lot better had they. Uh, yeah, where is James Cameron with the, the airbenders? Or, you know, the aliens from the abyss. <laughs> yeah, I guess that I guess that uh, base that they were in was having some issues, that's true. I mean, come on, the pseudopod, like, technology they have and the ability to create those giant waves and just hold them in place. Like, I'm pretty sure they know what they're doing. Oh, yeah, the early, uh, maybe their advan- the advancement of the waterbenders. Yeah. <laughs> James Cameron is responsible for all of this. <laughs> Yeah, and he did steal the Avatar title, and yeah, he uh, yeah he maybe peaked in the future. Totally. Uh, but anyway, yeah, we then see that uh, the mechanist and uh, has his own form of, I guess, weaponry. Uh, explosives have been a thing 
like because there's these you know there's these things called blasting jelly of course and so have some sort of torpedo or in the shapes of torpedoes covered in ice and they use it uh to blast with with water of course um water bending excuse me to blast through uh the cages that uh keep out i guess uh, unwanted sea life uh, in this case submersibles yeah no, i thought that was cool too i like the the fact that they use the water bending to toss those torpedoes at them again kind of the using the technology they have or the abilities yeah, and again, all of it doesn't seem to be running on the Fire Nation's traditional uh, internal combustion engine. It's, I dare say, it's almost steampunkish. Yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah. Um, even though the principles are kind of similar with the Fire Nation because it's an internal combustion engine, but I guess this is just water punk instead, or just <laughs> water bending, excuse me. Yeah. Aqua punk. There you go. Even though we can't use punk anymore. Oh, no. Uh, it's a long story, but anyways, um, so they, they, it's, it's like, just like D-Day, they, they make it to shore. Yep. And they come out in these things that look like, uh, they almost look like wood bugs to some degree. Yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah. And they come, they come crawling in. I guess it's the earthbenders that are controlling these, I believe. This is the earthbending versions of tanks. Mm. So if we have, you know, those a regular like the fire nation tanks that you know have the treads and all um this is the earth nations or the earth kingdoms versions of tanks and whether this is all by the mechanist design or this was already in place and we never saw this before i'm trying to remember if this was in the i don't think this was in the drill if i recall but no not in this case yeah it's um yeah they use it as shielding and boy they are definitely like uh useful here because there's a lot of temps here that people could get shot and killed, but thanks to these tanks, they avoid that. Yeah, and we even see, I like how flexible these uh, these tanks are. They like climb on top of a building and crush it. Yeah, lo- lots of really cool action here. Lots of really creative uses of the bending. Um, I'll probably leave more of that to you to get into since you usually break down the action better than I do. Uh, but uh, some really creative stuff. The bending is, I'm not going to say reserved, but it's, again, they don't, with, um, I think with the bending, they don't want to show us what we've seen before because, you know, people might just get bored by that and it's better to, you know, come up with like new creative moves every episode rather than just go through the same ones over and over again. Yeah. And so we, yeah, we, like we said, we see like tail piloting one of these things or at least driving this thing or, you know. Um, being in control of the movements uh, and the direction, excuse me. And so we just see it like, you know, yeah, get up kind of like, you know, a caterpillar would and just flatten this century um, um, uh, uh, building like down in half just by all its weight and you know, just plow through other things. I also like the fact that there's this like small little like cart with treads on it that's either has like water. Uh, or uh, buckets of water and or like rocks hmm. for uh, both vendors yep. to like use kind of reminded me of some of the vehicles from Atlantis the Lost Empire if you remember that yep no I can I can see what you mean um, so really like I guess the other question I got to ask is how similar did you get from this episode to that of what they were maybe like emulating shot me at shots but the feel of like seeing Private Ryan um i can't say it's been i haven't seen that since i was a kid and i've never seen it in full fair enough 
but I definitely like the, uh, the the siege element of it. It does feel like they're doing like a big war uh, kind of movie thing. I was thinking more in the the vein of like a gladiator or a Spartacus, like a little yeah. small surgeon group. But yeah, I, I definitely question like where all like I feel like there'd be a lot more firebenders here uh, than what we're seeing, mm. uh, especially if this is a small infiltration crew. It's like. I'm always I'm thinking back to you know Rogue One the what Amwin Andor says like make ten men feel like a hundred that's a great <laughs> line by the way um, yeah so it's like I feel like there'd be a lot more resistance not even resistance but there'd be a lot more opposition from the Fire Nation but yeah maybe something's up with that I I don't know I feel like there'd be a lot more like like they'd literally be like <laughs> it's like those some of those like Halo Two missions on Legendary like you know the hardest video game setting. And it's just like you got no like leg room or room to breathe. You're just like every time you like try to uh, catch your breath, there's a, the, the enemy always comes and just is like trying to you know, put you to death. Yeah, there's even a scene where we see Akoda and, and Sokka taking on some some Fire Nation troopers, and they're coming at him with spears. And then once they're like de-armed, they switch to their bending. And I was like, ah, oh, you guys should be leading with the bending, not leading with spears. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think that was also a moment for them because yes. they are, you know, non-benders, so they have to fend the way of, you know, hand-to-hand combat and or, you know, uh, martial arts, literally with, like, arms. Mm-hmm. And here, like, before we saw that scene with um, Hu, uh, with his old, like, swamp uh, seaweed, or, well, yeah, his, his plant-bending golem routine, or uh, giant suit routine, of you know great <laughs> big monster routine of you know grabbing these tanks and you know hurling them away like he was swamp thing <laughs> yeah i was gonna say this is mech suit he's iron man or iron monger <laughs> i guess oh there you go yeah and also keep in mind it's still like you know children's programming in a way of like you you always see that every single like person inside the tank gets out quickly before the tank explodes yep for now for now we'll get there for now yeah, we'll go. We'll get there. It'll, it'll take some time. Um, but I just love his little, like, you know, one of the guys asks him, like, hey, he, where have you been? It's just like, communion with nature. <laughs> mm-hmm. Remember, I am the walrus. Anyway. So, you know, yeah, it's just a, it's a battle of attrition uh, with, like, different bending techniques. We also still have, like, you know, infantry and foot soldiers. Again, I'm not like that. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not that well-versed with that kind of stuff. It's funny. I'm I'm really good with like one-on-one stuff but when it comes to war and uh attrition and all that stuff it's like not the best yeah yeah it's a different type of fighting oh it definitely is like it's it's and that's that is definitely one martial art that i also probably should like if you're a martial artist that's something that you technically should learn yeah and i do like the fact because we've seen so many action scenes in avatar i like that this one stands out and feels quite different and and it feels epic it does feel like this could be a climax it wouldn't necessarily be completely satisfying since, of course, we never got to see Aang learn uh, firebending, but... Uh... Uh-huh, yes, but we're stuck with what we got, and again, this is a series finale, so uh, hey, well. they're, they're subverting our expectations, I suppose. Oh, no, let's... Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll save some of this till we get to the end, but... By the way, at 1807, it's not at 1807, but it, like, you know, starts before then. Uh, just a bit where, like... It's when the Fire Nation starts, like, I guess, gaining the upper... Like, before we saw uh, the battle in the favor of... Or at least we saw shots of in favor of the Resistance. And now we're seeing shots of 
the Fire Nation fighting back or striking back, excuse me, <laughs> because of that scene where it's one of the little like trolley or uh, cart drivers with the rocks getting shot at <laughs> and it blows up, but they're <laughs> the front end of the cart is still going and he's he's still <laughs> in it, just like yeah, didn't uh, yeah, nothing nothing new here. Like I'm expecting the exact same. There's nothing wrong going on here. Everything's fine. Yeah, right now I'm at uh, Sokka and, and Katara infiltrating and taking out some guns. Yeah, realizing that you know, got to you got to be careful of those cannons. You know, as if we're doing like the trench run here. Yeah, and we see uh, an almost death for Hakoda. They give that little moment where he kind of fires into one of these little turret uh, towers, and it seems like he's dead. We see a big big explosion. So you know they're trying to they're trying to switch up the action as well. Try to add some suspense for all this stuff. Yep. But yeah, I really don't have too much to comment about all this action. Then there is so much of it, but yeah, it's it's it's. I think it's all. Ne- I don't know if there's anything too outlandish or spectacle about it. It's very um, straightforward. It's like there shouldn't be any energy used or too much energy. Like no nothing outlandish. I'm not saying anything we've seen before is outlandish, but like yeah, this is again a war of attrition, so you really need to uh use your energy wisely yeah and speaking of using it wisely we do see that hakoda got a little bit a little bit injured during that explosion and so he's kind of taken out of the battle for a while and it and it lands on Sokka. we we saw earlier that ang was saying hey it's not in the speeches that defines a leader it's stepping up and now that hakoda has been knocked out it's time for Sokka to take lead of the battle indeed so i think that's a good moment but before we do that, there is one mm. little thing that we have to, it is inserted, but it's still, you know, uh, directly part of it. We, 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 fought, we go quickly back to uh, the Fire Nation capital and it is of Zuko again. He's, I assume, left Mai's place and he's now either in the room dedicated to his mother or, you know, somewhere that has, you know, her um, face plastered on a piece of wood. And so maybe it's just a picture of her or an, an illustration of her, excuse me, maybe it's her room or maybe it's of in his room. I think it is his room, never mind. Uh, and it's just a picture he has of her, which is very sweet. But he is basically like either praying to her or he's, you know, mm. talking to her, stating like, this is like what I'm about to do is probably very heinous and or important. And so I, you know, I don't know if he's asking for strength, but he's, he's definitely, you know, being like he has her in his thoughts, which is like, you know, the important part. Exactly. Yeah. Paying respects and yet giving honor to the past and the role that she's, uh, and not, and not to mention the whole, uh, the avatar and the fire Lord, perhaps he's saying like, I'm, you know, giving respect to our bloodline, bloodline that, uh, he and her share, not, uh, him and the fire Lord. So the whole avatar Roku thing. I guess we'll see. Yeah, no. Yeah, something something's going on here. I don't know what it is. It's, don't worry, it's not a mystery box plot. But uh, yeah, there's something that Zuko's doing that we don't know yet. So we must continue to watch the episode to find out. That's the point. Um, and yeah, he exits with his swords and a, uh, I guess, a sling or a, some supplies in hand. I wonder what he's, what's up to there. Yeah, by the way. And then, yeah, we get the scene of then we get the scene of uh, Hakoda taking or letting Sokka take over the reins. Go ahead. Yeah, I don't think we've really commented too much about the uh, the, the armor on Appa. 
but I just think he looks really funny and really cute at the same time with the armor. I just love it. <laughs> I agree as well. He looks like a giant carpet for some reason. <laughs> he looks like a tent. That's what he is. He looks like, remember in Disney's Robin Hood when they, th- there's a, there's that funny like big duel scene or at least there, there's that like big action scene of like after the big archery battle uh, or archery tournament, excuse me. And then like all heck breaks loose and, you know, everyone's going at each other's throats. And then like, they all just tumble into this tent and start like running around. It reminds me of that. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember that. Uh, I was also wondering if it's, it's funny how like in the previous episode, Appa had that armor uh, in Aang's hallucination and, and the like, you know, crazy dream sequence. But it doesn't look anything like this, which I was kind of like, I wonder if that was an allusion to that, even though obviously Sokka set that up beforehand. He's like, hey, I'm trying to make this armor for your flying bison. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, we see we see him hop into Appa and they, they fly into battle and yeah, he kind of, I guess, pushes forward a surge. He's like, okay, you know, we're, we've had enough time hanging out in this area. Let's press forward to the, uh, I guess, the palace. Yeah, we're now, we have to scale the mountainside. Uh, going up um, the switchbacks and you know basically try to get to the capital as quickly as we can because we're pressed we can then visually see that the the eclipse is about to be upon us yeah yeah and we get a cool shot because we've seen that ang hasn't really been a part of the battle he's been you know tucked away in his own and then we see him overlooking the uh the layout of the palace i think that's a really great shot yeah or layout i guess of the what you call like the city before the palace i guess yeah, no, the surrounding area, um, all the buildings, whether they're, yeah, just the common buildings or their uh, financial buildings, I, I have no idea. But yeah, just all the buildings around that, and it seems to be empty. Very odd. Yeah, everything's pretty quiet. Yeah, I guess it must be uh, the day of rest in their Fire Nation religion, if they got one. <laughs> I mean, you know, we haven't actually, like... Maybe they also have some sort of like, I don't, I don't know this, but maybe since, you know, black, the an eclipse is something that is quite profound and does affect their culture very much. So I wonder if they also have some sort of like sundial, not sundial, but some sort of calendar as well, similar to what Wang Shitong has in his library where uh, they have like a calendar that um, spans out when the next eclipse may happen. So potentially that's where they could be. They could all be at like a, some fire temple uh, or something like that, be seeking shelter, who knows. Uh, and it just so happens that they're like, oh, an invasion's happening. That's a terrible time to, <laughs> that's that's the worst case scenario. Yeah, and speaking of that, Sokka leading his troop is, they're advancing forward and they set off these bombs that break through the big, uh, the big wall that they have bar- barricading in the, the palace area. So now they're, they're roaming free, these guys. The, the insurgency is yeah taking another level. And it's kind of sad, honestly, seeing all the, the firebenders trying to push them back and having to retreat. Maybe I just always push for the underdog. And even though the Fire Nation isn't the underdog yet, they're going to be soon once the the eclipse de- depowers them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, can I just say before, uh, with, with Aang um, going into the palace itself, it's kind of funny how he's like, I'm the Avatar and it's I'm back. And then it's just like, nobody. 
Yeah. <laughs> he thought he was going to have a cool entrance, and it's like, oh, no one's here. <laughs> Wait. I expected this place to look more ominous. Now it's, I mean, it's ominous still, but without any of the, I guess, like fire everywhere. It's like, I expected more sinister, un, uh, sinister tones around here. And it's like, nobody's here. Well, that's anticlimactic. Now, look, uh, now I feel stupid because nobody saw me do this. <laughs> and he actually seems pretty broken up by it. He's, uh, yeah, he falls on his knees and he's yelling to the skies, you know, fire Lord Ozai, where are you? Uh, he lo- he takes the script down. And he's like, "Wait, this isn't supposed to happen." <laughs> and that's that's the cliffhanger for uh, yeah part one. That's how we end it with him. Just yeah, the the plan in shambles. I don't know if it's in shambles or just not everything going according to plan. Which is like, wait, but they were supposed to do this. There was no leaks. There's no internet here. How could they have like you know who? Who the hey like you know snitched or who who the hey got like word of our plans to like how would they know this again unless like you know there was a there, there this happened to also be like a very holy day or uh, hallowed day excuse me for the fire nation yeah and, like you know, how were they supposed to know about this who the hey leaked this information the Earth King uh so like yeah Ang blasts into the you know fire lord's chambers and he's like uh am I on my mark. Guys, like he's, he's like like Mike and Brian are like you know, on the side. He's just like, guys, is this supposed to be right? Like, am I supposed to be on my mark here? Like, there's no Fire Lord, and they're like, no, yeah, this is this is supposed to happen. Keep going. It's just like, what? <laughs> Where's the Fire Lord? And yeah, even the chamber itself is no longer lit and doesn't even have any fire to it. So it's like, huh? I wonder what's happening there. Well, but kicking into part two, I like uh, how we open, and it, it seems like the battle's been going on for a while at this point. Like, they're all kind of, they seem like they've been quite settled into it. I, I just like the way they set the mood for that, coming in probably a week later for the viewers. They're still very much steeped in this fight. Yeah, it's continuing on from before. Also, we see that um, some of the Swamp Benders, Hugh included, uh, are staying behind. Um, yeah. And I guess watching the submersibles, preventing any damage done to them so they have their escape route, which is smart. Just like, oh yeah, we're going to leave them unattended. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, and Hakoda and uh, Katara reunite with with Sokka, who's again leading the troop. And I'll say, uh, yeah, there's a distinct difference in the animation here. It's not negative necessarily, but it does look very distinctly different. That's more animation for you. I like the fact that we saw initially, even though it probably wouldn't make any sense, I, I liked how there was an Earthbender who like, or maybe a group of earthbenders that smashed a bunch of like earth underneath one of these like firebender or fire nation tanks and like you know i guess flipped it upside down but remember that's not a good thing because they can just you know yeah they, they have a counterbalance so they can just uh return to like uh, right side up so but even still i kind of like that like changing animation no yeah that that, that is cool there, there's some cool stuff here like for instance when ang reappears and you know, lets the group know, like, hey, you know, the Fire Lord was, he wasn't there. No one was. The whole palace city was cleared out. They do this cool shot where they kind of circle around Sokka. And he goes, they knew. I think they, they made the reveal feel more uh, impactful just with that little effect that they did. Well, especially for these characters finding out, like, yeah, their plans were leaked. It's like, what? Yeah. Like, like how, especially for Sokka, like, again, this is like a, freaking season and a half and or so of like planning and you know trying to keep it a secret from everybody but that's yeah not the case of just like 
How the hey did they know? Yep, it was Wang Shitong's uh, fox as he was putting out the news. Oh. This information was stolen from the library. It was about the day of the Black Sun, and it was stolen by the Avatar and his crew. And yeah, the Fire Lord gets his daily uh, mail from them. So, <laughs> of course, yeah, they they had to leak that stuff. So, um, it was those, those sly foxes, silver tongue foxes. Uh, they're up to their old dastardly tricks. Anyway, um, so you know they quickly are like, okay, we got to adapt. We got to adapt. So if fire, if they knew, however they knew, Earth King, um. What like what, what, what we got? We gotta still like take advantage of this. Like the, the even if they kind of knew like those, the Fire Lord will still be, you know, uh, powerless. So let's just go and find him in some place that he's probably being held at, and uh, just kill him right there on the spot, right? And Sokka's like, my intuition tells me, like, okay, who who told you this? Uh, that he wouldn't go far from uh, the palace. It's like that's a pretty like big assumption to be right on yeah i agree but he's got that good thinking brain so i would trust him either way yeah so and then toff is just like yeah they probably like have some or Sokka and toff is like yeah they have a secret bunker somewhere potentially so it's like yeah let's uh, let's use uh plot armor i mean not plot. let's let's use the MacGuffin. i mean toff to you know look for the stuff yeah and so they decide to fly to uh this big volcano that's near the city I guess they're like, looks like of a, a volcano kind of looks like a bunker. So maybe they're in there. I don't know. <laughs> so they fly over with Appa and they just put her on the ground like Toph. Start using your uh, bunker sensing routine. All right. Get out there, Lassie. What, what, what can you sniff? Where, 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 there you where, go. Where's the, where's, where's the fire lord? You got you to gotta tell us where she is or where yeah. he is. Excuse me. Um, by the way, I love or just I got to point out how Aang, uh, when he when they ask him, like, are you still going to like take him on? And he's like. I, I gotta try. I have to try. And I'm like, do or do not. There is no try. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, the more you keep saying it, they're all like, yeah, when are you gonna go kill that that fire lord? We wanna see his head on a, a pike. Yep. They're pushing for a big time. <laughs> yeah, everybody's like, Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna do it. You're gonna like because this is like there's no episodes after this, right? Like they're absolutely like nothing happens after this. Oh, here we go. Oh, and by the way, uh, we forgot that at 2557, or 56, excuse me, for us, because again, we just went right into it. So sorry to those who are, uh, you know, watching it separately. Um, yeah, where was Momo the whole time? Like we saw him in the beginning and then it's like, oh, he's been absent, maybe for a good thing. He's hiding like in part one of Oppa's armor piece for the entire time. It's like, I highly doubt that. <laughs> well, he's not really a fighter, so... Uh... You know, he wouldn't. Uh, oh, of course not. I just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like. I, I, I find it hard to believe that he would hide in that like headpiece though, because uh, if Op was getting like shot at with like you know different fires and hopefully not singeing uh, Momo skin. I mean, or for, <laughs> excuse me. Maybe there's a little compartment that he can like climb under and just be in the warmth of uh, Op's head, just hang out in there with it. You know, you may have a point. <laughs> but either way. Uh... Yeah, very quickly, Toph's like, oh, I think I hear something that sounds like a secret bunker. Let me just plow a little tunnel for us into the earth and we'll we'll go right in. Yeah, I wish I wish there was an opportunity, not immediately, of course, but I wish there was an opportunity for Aang to also use his seismic sense as well. Uh, just just because I think, you know, it, it would it would I know he was practicing it before um, during the runaway, but it'd still kind of be cool to see him uh, you know, use it every now and then. Yeah, no, that that would be. Yeah, he's really not using much earth bending, really. 
at least not yet. Um, yeah, he's well. Yeah, mostly he's just been like using his airbending to you know get to his destination and then take on the Fire Lord. But yeah, anyways, it's instead of like you know what appears to be like you know traps laid out for them, they just you know find the best solution because Toph knows where all the entrance ways and or where all the passageways are. Hopefully, and yeah, they just keep going through. You know. <laughs> these little geysers that uh, are blasting uh, molten lava around. And I also question like, hang on a second. They're releasing noxious gases. Shouldn't that be affecting their breathing, especially when they get to the river of lava? It's like, okay, hang on a second. One temperature, none of you are firebenders and Aang just refuses to firebend. And two, again, noxious gas. Okay. Anyway. Yeah. We're just supposed to, you know, just, just, they're not there for very long. They hold their breath. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. It's just like they they found the the cheat not the cheat codes, but they found the um uh the best passageways. Um, they, they they got it off of like those those sly foxes gave them those codes and or those those secret uh, entrances uh that that you would only find if you had like uh, in those video game co- uh, cheat game or books. Yeah, but uh, back to the the episode piece here, we we see that yeah they finally arrive at this. What seems to be the bunker, this this giant uh, this giant dome, and Toph's just like, oh, easy work for an Earthbender, and she just knocks her way in, and I like that Sokka's pleased. Well, about that. Um, well, first off, yeah, twenty six uh, fifty. Uh, that's no that's no like secret base, Caleb. That's the Technodrome. Technodrome from. Uh, oh wait, I forgot. You're not. Uh, you don't watch Ninja Turtles. Never mind. <laughs> darn it no not really not too much okay well anyway for all those who are fans of 87 turtles it's like there you go it's the technodrome uh and two (laughs) even though she you know uses the earth or her she says earthbender um i don't know if she says that um she metal bends through the door she could have just like gone underneath because i'm pretty sure the earth is just still earth and not like metal (laughs) Well, she just wanted to be like, screw your stuff here, Fire Lord. You suck. Yeah. I'm just gonna mess this whole place up. Yeah, I mean, would would like uh, I'm wondering, yeah, if that was like if somebody knew that she metal bend now, metal metal bend now. But anyway, yeah. So either way, they're they're going off to explore. But before we see that, we see uh, we cut back to the rest of the troops. They're still making their battle, and we get some more kind of war action stuff. The boulder and uh, the hippo are getting some some work in. You know, everyone's playing their part, but yeah, they're all uh, they're all they're they're all working their parts. And we see that the the eclipse is quickly approaching. Now the uh, yeah, it's 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 coming real fast. So oh yeah, times are running thin to grab that fire lord up and you know do the slicing. And even the uh, even the fire nation themselves realize, oh, here comes the eclipse. Like yeah, we gotta move. So, Time to flee. so they do the smart thing in that they allow the uh, resistance to come in and, you know, take, take over that ground because, you know, hopefully they can, uh, what is it? They can reinforce their defenses if the eclipse, once the eclipse ends, excuse me. So yeah, they're, they're definitely, uh, they're taking a gamble at that. That's for sure. So time is of the essence here. And speaking of taking a gamble as the, uh, the ones in the bunker are making their path through the, the tunnel looking for the Fire Lord. They come across this guy just whistling, having a nice time, relaxing. And he's so spooked by them, 
that he just immediately tells them, go oh, the Fire Lord's chambers that way, go deal with it. And then having that little gambit paying off, he's like, oh, thank God, I'll just go about my, my business. And Aang is very appreciative of him as, you know, that's, that's definitely the sign of uh, a, a child about to murder somebody. Um, but yeah, he thanks him. He's like, thank you. I assume, not that it matters, but I assume you know, uh, you, you have forgotten who this is. Yep, forgotten. Uh, this is the war minister who we saw back in both books one and two. Uh, he was there at the Northern Air Temple and he was operating the drill. Oh, wow. Really? That's him. Yep. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. It seemed very different here, but. Uh, maybe like different costume or different outfit, but like, yeah, same voice and similar design. Oh, I meant demeanor, but. Uh... Oh, okay. Yeah. This time he's not full of himself. It's like he's yeah. uh, is a complete <laughs> coward. It's like, well, I mean, but he just, he also lives. So. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he's just a slippery dude. Maybe he just yep. knows how to play things. Or maybe he was told to give directions to the avatar. Anyway, so uh, they make their way there. I'm wonder- I was wondering, yeah, if Top would have been able to discern that anyways. But uh, stroke of luck, I suppose. Uh, and so uh, as they're running there, Char- Sokka quickly does an action and uh, checks his time. His little, uh, I don't know what you'd call that, this this timekeeper or whatever. This, this like device that can count down to when the eclipse is about to happen i don't know what we gotta call these things but he's keeping his his watchful eye out on this on this device to uh state that the eclipse is about to happen yep and yeah it's counting down quick and yeah they barge into the chamber where they think the fire lord's gonna be and who happens to be sitting there but yeah not the fire lord well hang on so he says like i'm ready to face the fire lord and well there's the fire lord and it's well I think at twenty eight forty seven, uh, their their faces said it all because apparently the Fire Lord is Azula, huh? No, no, no. Okay, that's something. And then she mentioned something about knowing the invasion for months. What the heck is going on? Yeah, what I like to think is she's probably been sitting there before this since like the morning before this attack ever started. So how long was she just like, okay, what am I going to say when they cut through the door? Uh, oh, when should I go for a bathroom break? They might show up right now. So <laughs> I just think it's funny to think about things like that. That's but. fair. You're you're definitely not wrong. But no, it turns out she's not the Fire Lord. But instead, Zuko, in a very similarly suspicious cave, cavernous region, also approaches a bunker on our door, goes through it, and turns out there's Ozai himself with, hey, guess what, Caleb? Uh, what is that? Some some calming jasmine tea. That too, but also 12 guards uh, oh. around him. Yeah, this is where all the guards are hanging out. Yeah, they're all just for him. There you go. Uh, so, yeah. Um, Azula knew about the invasion. I wonder why. I hope I get an explanation for that. Earth King. Oh, we'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah, it was the bear. <laughs> good good novel or at least you know oh, no. novel. <laughs> but uh yeah as we we cut away we're gonna get some explanations for both those little interactions but before that we have to see the troops all getting together to put on their eclipse glasses which i liked i like that touch yep and those are similar to you know real life uh issued goggles uh, or visors that you would wear during eclipse i actually have a similar not similar but i have a 
pair specifically for that, which is really cool. I mean, I could see the sun with it anyways. And hey, I can confirm, at least with my eyes, that the sun is a perfect sphere. Like it is a perfect circle. Like you literally look at it, it's like that is a circular celestial object. So circles really do exist in real life. <laughs> well, um, well, anyway. <laughs> uh, so they all get their 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 cool like visors on. So it's, it's like, you know, now all of a sudden it's going to become like a Matrix movie. Where they all just like have the sunglasses on, they're gonna do really cool, like amazing tricks with themselves. Um, but then, yeah, they're just they, they finally made it up the switchbacks, and they're gonna you know press forward to uh, the inner city from the volcano. And we cut away from there, and we see uh, Zuko confronting his father. Yeah, we get the big revelation that he finally lets out the lie that he didn't kill the Avatar, and really it was Azula who had that big fight. And even still, Azula didn't kill the Avatar either, and he's been alive all this time. Uh, yeah, and, and Ozai doesn't even know. Well, is also shocked, like, was not told about uh, the fact of uh, Avatar being alive. So, yeah, he's, he's, he's considerably shocked about this. And uh, I guess, yeah, Zuko is definitely smart to... I guess lay all this on Ozai because as Ozai says, it's like hmm, doing this during uh, an eclipse where I am powerless. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's saying, you know, I'm, I'm done letting you order me around. I'm going to pave my own way. I've been trying all this just to be the son that I thought you wanted, but yeah, he's basically laying it all out. It's a pretty, pretty big emotional moment for him. And I think it's pretty well done. Oh yeah, especially when he's like, you know, his, his Ozai's like, get out, um, or else, and then Zuko just like draws swords. It's like, or else what? <laughs> yeah, that's like, oh, I mean, you know, that definitely is true, but definitely standing his guard this time. Like, uh, he's not using intimidate, like just you know, similar, flashing all the way back to the storm. He's not intimidated by his dad no more, at least not in this case. Uh, he is standing up for himself, and I definitely like that i i definitely like this like growth of zuko now not only standing up for himself but you know demanding these, these answers and definitely wanting to state his own case and you know telling his father what's what's what and and who he is as a person and what has happened as he has been banished by him yep and we'll we'll get more of that impactful uh stuff but first we have to cut over to back to azula just kind of being a jerk to the group and trying to hold them there for as long as she can. They don't realize that at first, but she's just basically just manipulating and playing with them. Yeah, no, she, you know, gloats is just like, yeah, you know, I'm 10 steps ahead of you because why wouldn't I be? Cause you know, as soon as I found out about this whole plot of yours, I then created my counterplot and yeah, have taken steps to make sure that I am, you know, uh, the victor in this, uh, in this scenario. Which, I mean, hey, props her there. And <laughs> I like the little part where, you know, they're, they're demanding her to, you know, spill the beans on where the Fire Lord is. And, you know, Toph's like, yeah, you've got to be, you got to tell the truth because I'll be able to know um, if you're lying or not. Yeah. And then she just lies about being a 400 foot tall platypus bear. And Toph's like, oh, crap. It seems like you're uh, better at this than, than my skills are prepared to handle. Remember, Azula always lies. So it's like, yeah, no, Zuko was definitely right. So she's pretty good at that. Um, but anyway, yeah, then uh, to shut her up, I suppose uh, Toph then creates a little imprisonment around uh, around her just to, you know, just trap her in there, which is fair enough. And 
then out of nowhere, like as if this episode and making it already like a great series finale isn't already like, you know, shocking. Um, she reveals another hidden talent that she has and that she can earthbend. Again, the 3113 at our timestamp, <laughs> their faces say it all. No, no. <laughs> Apparently, Azula is also an avatar. I have questions. <laughs> well, the questions are immediately answered, and we discover that she brought along some daily agents from the uh, from Bossing Say after she took that place over. So answered, accepted. Yeah, so some more baddies for them to to battle. Can I make one small little note here? So remember in when she was leading the daily agents at Crossroads of Destiny, um, she was wearing, you know, uh, Earth Kingdom attire. Like she, she, you know, was wearing it to, you know, I guess, as a disguise, right? Well, I kind of wish that the Daily were dressed in like a version of the Fire Nation while still having those hats. That could have been cool. Yeah. But, and especially since they're like her personal guards. So it's like, oh, that would have been kind of cool. But no, this is, this is cool the way uh, things turned out. Yeah. Oh, but just to, to speed things up. Um, so we cut back. To the invasion force and yeah they're coming across some fire nation troopers but the the troopers are like oh you know we'll never surrender we're gonna fight to our deaths and they try to use their firebending and they realize that their powers are kaput and they're like oh crap we surrender we surrender right away and so the tide's turning in the battle the effects of the eclipse are now uh yeah now in full force Yep, it is now the minutes of the eclipse. I'd say hour of the eclipse, but it's only minutes. <laughs> yeah, and we cut back to uh, yeah, Zuko and, and the Fire Lord, and he's basically berating him. Like, how could you have done this to, you know, you know, just for speaking up against you or speaking up in general? You do an Agni Kai duel with me when I, as a kid, and then you banish me. And yeah, he's, he's basically berating him for all the terrible stuff and telling him that he's learned his lessons, but not the lessons that the fire Lord wanted him to learn. And again, really impactful stuff that we've been, that's been building for so long. It's, it's really great to, to see it come to fruition here. This is really Zuko making up for what occurred during crossroads of destiny. Yeah. And potentially obviously not part of his long plan, but this was necessary. Like that was necessary because it was, a season of struggle for him, like literally a season uh, of struggle for him. And then he comes back here and it's not the life he wanted. And there's a reason why literally it's in his blood as we found out. So yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's nice that he finally gets to confront him on uh, all this stuff. Yeah. And I like that they use the, uh, the revelations of the, the fire Lord or the avatar and the fire Lord. Cause he mentions like, Oh, you know, we, We've been built on this lie that we're going to spread our greatness to the rest of the world, but they don't think we're great. You know, they, they hate us. You know, all, all we've done is just spread kind of terror to them. So I, I like that revelation too. maybe being back in the capital and living as a prince again has shown him the, the lie that all this is. It's all just a big facade. Yeah, it's upon reflection from when the beans were spilt about his heritage and perhaps recalling events from his, you know, years on at sea um, and the acts that he did to other people, it probably disturbed him mm -hmm. to see that, you know, this nation of his 
is built on a lie and or this whole war is built on a lie and is just like awful yeah he says that we created an an error of fear we need to replace it with uh peace and kindness i like the fire lord just laughs at that he's like oh come on like your your crazy uncle's god and he hasn't he yeah, a lot, a lot of really impactful stuff, as I've repeatedly said here. But but then a uh, to kind of prove his points, as yeah, Ozai is like, ah, oh, you're fired, you're 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 your stupid uncle got to you. Um, to retort his rebuttal or his insults, Zuko like proudly states, yes, yes, he has. Yeah, and then at like thirty three twenty eight, we see how uh, displeased the Fire Lord seems to have of just like, oh, great. Yeah, that's not what I was expecting. He turned my own words against me. How dare he? Yeah, and then we cut back over to the Dai Li and Azula putting the fight to the the boomerangs. And this is another really good uh, action scene, I think. I am curious as to where the rest of the attack squad is. Um, again, I'm not saying that the Dai Li uh. were like good addition, but I'm just like, oh, you, you know, the attack squad could have also probably like, you know, helped out here. That's a good point. We didn't even get to see May. I mean, maybe they just sent them all out of the city. But yeah, I mean, with, with Zuko, it would might have been nice to have a scene with the two of them. Yeah, I mean, I, I like what they were doing with that initially. But also, yeah, where the hell is Ty Lee? Like, she probably would be perfect in this case. Like, she can disable venting, right? So yeah. or at least, you know, stop it from for a bit. So yeah, what the heck? <laughs> but uh, yeah, the Dai Lee, you know, even though they're they got their skills, they're they're really no match for the boomerangs. And quickly it narrows back down to Azula versus Aang in the group. But she definitely has planned out maybe not how the moves that they're going to do, but I like the fact that like when Toph goes to strike at her uh, with Earthbending, she like bounces off of the um, off the rock columns that she's thrown at or that, that's thrown at her. Yeah, and just I guess yeah starts to just ev- like you know be an Airbender and evade. Which is quite hilarious, given that uh, Ang is the one that would be attacking her. So, and she does all these like cool parkour moves. Um, by the way, <laughs> when when I listened to the commentary of this episode, and yeah, Break mentioned uh, part like was it like yeah parkour from France in an era before like parkour got widely like mainstream like with American Ninja Warriors. So it's kind of funny them saying that retroactively. Uh, anyways, so but they also kind of lean to the point of like you know she has these moves right that she probably learned from like both tylee and may so even in the end those two are kind of a means to an end of just like you know skill acquiring from them interesting hmm. and i do like as she's jumping through a little hole that's in the wall there she jumps right as uh, Sokka's trying to climb into it and they just like meet eyes halfway through and she's got this this grin it's like, oh, how funny. <laughs> I wonder what she was thinking in that moment. Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, Sokka, you could have like grabbed her and done some form of like reverse power bomb or reverse suplex. Like that would be cool. Go. Used her momentum. Yeah, it's uh, extra slam. <laughs> he missed the spot. Um, yeah. But either way, yeah. And she makes her retreat and he keeps trying to climb through the hole for some reason. And then the rest of the gang just run right through it <laughs> or hop right through it hop right through it and they continue the pursuit with the daily agent you know buying some time but as you said yeah not all the time and then Toph is immediately just like all right that's it grabs him and stuffs him thankfully not completely like you know inside a metal cage like before with the other two goons 
Um, yep. But this time, you know, just within a steel beam and just, you know, puts it to, towards him together. So he probably could get out by somebody's probably. help, but he's, he's more of a chance of getting out than he does those other two goons. But anyways, I do think it's funny that uh, when Sokka runs up to them, it's like, wait, stop. They all stop, including <laughs> including Azula. She's like, yeah. oh, I'm curious what he's going to say. <laughs> Like they could have just put the attack right to her. Then as she's standing there, uh, Toph could just like grabbed a rock and threw it right at her head from behind her. That's that is true. Um, and <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, it's just like dialogue is action. So it's like yeah, yeah, action scene is over. Now it's time for acting scene. And oh boy, yeah, the the quips between uh, Toph and Azula are legendary. Yeah, no, Azula. She she really shines in this episode. I think she's a great villain here. Oh, like this is the episode that when I originally watched this and didn't really like fully grasp like the ingenuity to her plans. I absolutely like hated her, and I do mm-hmm. mean like strongly hated, not like strongly disliked, but hated her for the fact that she like one upped these guys. But you know, coming back as an like a full on adult and analyzing this, it's like oh yeah, these like. Yeah, this this whole crew is like completely like yeah out of their out of her league or yeah out of yeah. Their, her league like they like she was literally like designed as like you know eugen- using eugenics to like create this 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 perfect you know firebender almost or successor yeah and like yeah these guys don't stand a chance like of course like she's that you know good because was like you know programmed that way yeah and Sokka uses brain bending to realize like hey this is all this is all just a, a delaying tactic you know she's not even trying to fight us she's just fleeing just to to waste time and so he's he's getting ready to lead the group away she she can't even really argue it she's like yeah of course I'm, that's what I'm doing and even though Sokka was the one to recognize it and, and try to avoid it she knows the perfect chess move to make to you know sucker him right back in She's like, oh, my favorite prisoner used to mention you all the time. And that's that's pretty much all that she needs to say for him to just freeze and be like, OK, it's attack time. Uh, used to as in used. Uh Oh, I wonder who she's referring to. Oh, he knows. He knows right away. And I do like the fact that as he goes in uh, and she uh, she readies a knife uh, on my tactic I like the fact that it's the old Filipino technique and or um, teaching of a knife should be felt, never seen. So it's like, oh, that's not good. But thankfully, Toph felt her do that through seismic sense. So uh, she quickly, you know, pushed the kibosh on that sneak attack and uh, pretty much cuffs her to the wall. Yeah, but even then, as he's yelling at her, where's Suki? She's still just like smiling. Ah, just like, ah, ha, ha. Suki. Yes, her. But we cut away from that back to uh, real cool, you know, the, the other cool like debate happening right now of uh, what's happening with between the Fire Lord and the Fire Prince, or I guess formerly Fire Prince, uh, if this, this keeps continuing. And this part, I don't know if I needed to hear and I'll, I'll explain just like, I, I don't know if I needed to hear him say, I'm going to go, um, yeah, to the, 
this is just me personally. I wish he didn't say, I'm going to go to the prison and free Uncle Iron beg for forgiveness. It's not like I agree. it wasn't delivered greatly. I just was like, I didn't need that. I You could have just like done that instead of like telling him that. Unless, of course, I think the reason for that is to, uh, you know, put in Ozai's face as saying like he was a better father than you were. Oh, and literally that's what he says. Yeah, he should have just said that. Because when he's like, oh, let me tell you my plan for the next like 15 minutes. I was thinking, uh, what about when he just leaves the room? Couldn't uh, couldn't he just like call up some guards and be like, hey, get get to the prison real quick and, you know, capture that that prince. I'm going to beat him up again. <laughs> it's it's the reverse of um, a James Bond villain of like them monologuing. <laughs> yeah, it's instead this time it's Zuko who's monologuing himself also wasting time of the with the eclipse so kind of humorous in a way yeah it's like it's like it was i was like you sly dog you are monologuing to me aren't you about what you're about to do i do like that he's like oh so he can teach you his ways of tea and failure i think that's good and and by the way mark hamill throughout all this is yeah it's a lot of fun i yeah there's there's a bit of joker here and there but like i don't i'm not saying he can't i I, I cannot say he can't help it. It's just like, it's, it's part of his natural voice, especially if he's like, you know, playing the villain. Yeah. And to, to add insult to injury, Zuko says that he's come to another important decision and that's that he's going to join up with the avatar and uh, yeah, he's going to help him take him down. Oh, I wonder how he'll help him with that. If he'll teach him a certain skill. Well, he couldn't do that if this is the last episode. I mean, right to you. I know, right? <laughs> it's too bad this is the final episode. So yeah, you got a you dang old point there. But yeah, uh, Zuko then turns away and is like, that's it. I've uh, like, mic dropped. Uh, that's what I'm doing. There's my there's my plans for you. See you, dad. Like, you stink. Um, and of course, oh, Ozai goats him again. I'm just like, oh, yeah, you're you're the coward for, you know, uh, not facing your, you know, doing this during a eclipse when you really should have faced me when, you know, I had power. It's like that. That's the point. And I do like that. The fire Lord even points out. He's like, why wait for, why wait to join up with the avatar? Why don't you just take me down now? And then Zuko's like, I know my destiny. It's the avatar's destiny to take you down. So I think that's, I think that's another good moment. That's yeah, that's yeah, that's that's thinking. I'll I'll say that. He's he's thinking he's using his noodle there. He's just like, yeah, why would I? Um or using an excuse. But then <laughs> Yeah, that too. Oh yeah, exactly. But then like daughter like father, because it had to come from somewhere, there's a weakness that Zuko has that we just saw earlier. Mm. And that being a certain somebody is special to him. Obviously, Maya is special to him, so is Uncle Iroh, but his mother is especially a soft spot for Zuko. And to keep him, I guess, right where he wants him to at this point, Ozai's like, how will you know about your mother? Go on, you've caught my attention. Yeah, I like the mirror with uh, him and Azula, just knowing the, the right pressure points to put to sucker these people in. Yes, I... I do wonder what their weaknesses are, because if everybody has a weakness, it's like, what do uh, Ozai and Azula have for weaknesses? May never know. Hey, let's we'll find out. We'll find out. This is true. But but take it away. Take it away. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll make it quick. Of course, uh, it recounts the events that occurred during Zuko alone about you know the 
implications that the Fire Lord was going to, or sorry, Ozai uh, wanted to become the Fire Lord over uh, Iroh because Iroh no longer had a, a heir uh, to, you know, become Fire or the next Fire Lord after that. So uh, because of that insubordination, uh, Azulon was going to have Ozai murder Zuko for his, again, insubordination. And Ozai wasn't going to do it. He was straight up going to just do it. Cause he's like, yeah, I don't like the, I don't like the dog anyways. It's like, dang, this guy, this devilish guy. And, uh, Ursa was not having it. She was like, nope. Um, and I, I do kind of like that. They, they tell us this rather than show us this. I know the whole like show don't tell, uh, um, the, uh, writing aspect, but I'm okay with this being like, uh, told, not shown. It, it definitely like you know can leave it up to uh the person's interpretation yeah it, it happened it's just like how did it happen so uh we could clearly maybe one day see the events that occurred from there but in this case since that you know we don't have that much time left in the episode <laughs> uh we uh, we keep uh the plot going so uh by the way i did not t- uh time this to see if it actually the episode is like eight <laughs> minutes for the eclipse lasting so whatever but Anyways, so yeah, he mentions that Ursa was like, all right, I have skills. He doesn't mention what it is, but he mentions that she did something heinous or at least something that resulted in her banishment, meaning that she could still be alive. Yep, and Zuko takes that uh, part of the revelation very, very much to heart. And we see that, yeah, all along, Ozai's just been waiting for the eclipse and he's like, oh, you know, that was... I realized that banishment was too soft of a penalty for for treason. And yours will be far steeper. And he was waiting just for the right moment to say that, just as the uh, the sun was revealed again and his power was returned. Oh, and not only that, I love the little, like, contrast, or, or like, comparison, excuse me, the juxtaposition between uh, we go back to yeah. um, the gang, or the boomerangs, to Azula, and Sokka again screams like where's Suki at and Aang's just like can't do anything she's not gonna talk and then we cut for we see Azula's face and we cut straight to um uh, Ozai's face which you know clearly like demonstrates you know the comparisons between the two which is awesome yeah and then uh yeah then Palpatine unleashes his uh his strength no no you will die um, but I definitely do like the fact that before that happens, we see uh, tears in Zuko's eyes over the fact, knowing that his mother is uh, potentially alive. Yeah. Especially when he says, perhaps. Yeah, we get a big lightning lightning battle here, which I think looks uh, quite cool. Very well done, I think. Yeah, no, like Ozai immediately knows what he's going to do. And unbeknownst to him... Literally, like, even Azula may not have realized this. Um, maybe he, she would have, but um, he doesn't realize that even though Zuko cannot uh, generate lightning, what he can do, as shown back all the way uh, in the chase, uh, thanks to Uncle Iroh, is redirect the lightning. And it's so wonderfully done. Yeah. I also realized, like, the fact that Zuko somewhat realizes you know either the errors of his ways or you know he knows what he wants to do um you know be uh help to the uh, be a hand to the avatar it kind of just goes back especially the speech about like you know what the world sees us as it 
it really is a callback to me, or at least to me, yeah, uh, what Uncle Iroh said in the chase about like the whole four nations, you know, uh, being similar and that they all need each other. I'm like, it's almost like I wish Suko could, you know, lightning bend himself in that point. Mm. But the fact that he redirected it goes to show that I think he's there's yeah, there's more to him now. And he's a much stronger person now. So I'm like, I like that note. I, I like that little like moment. Yeah. And it still leaves room for him to grow further with that, uh, with his bending techniques. Oh, yeah. But um, yeah, so we see the Zula, I guess, heard the the commotion up, or maybe not upstairs, but somewhere close by. She's like, "Oh, sounds like the firebending's back on," and another fight ensues. Yeah, a little struggle uh, occurs, and then they're about to fight her. Except she's just like, you know what? I'll just uh, yeah, yeah, I'll just tell you exactly where uh, where Dad is, which I liked. <laughs> Smart on her. It's just like, yeah, just go fight him. It's like script uh line no it it might work out in her favor if they do go and kill the fire lord she could just fill that power vacuum yeah and then like you know go kill ang if he's exhausted after he murdered ozai exactly like yeah Yeah. she's you know like two like two two birds getting stoned like let's go yeah she's she is a clever cookie and she does run off to to who knows where yeah somewhere uh exit stays left or right i guess i don't know from which perspective but yeah no uh and now they realize like they got egg on their face and ang still just like no, no 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 i've i've committed to uh going to you know murder this o- ozai fellow and i'm gonna do it. i'm gonna see it through and they're like sucking tough for like yeah forget it <laughs> forget it mulligan as as you would say if you were um playing a round of golf uh on on a par <laughs> or on a hole excuse me you're just like mulligan <laughs> next hole and ang's like i finally got a good night's sleep i gotta do it right now i might not be able to do it next week so <laughs> great this means i have to learn firebending right yeah yeah but it is a sad moment for me he, he does seem quite defeated he was really hoping that he could finally kill that guy so so i guess this means this isn't the series finale huh nope well that's awkward and makes me look like I have an egg on my face. It sure does. Yeah. Gotta check that out. Oh, well. Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Who would have thought? So, uh, yeah, back up on the surface, we see Koda and Katara kind of mulling over the situation at hand, uh, given that the eclipse is over, and they're like, huh, I would have expected a lot of fire to be blasted in our face. And, well, then in comes the remainder of the guys uh well no not so much because then all of a sudden uh ride of the valkyrie starts playing and uprises some balloons that we have seen before it's like where have we seen those before it's like oh my goodness all the way back from book one episode 17 i believe is uh from yeah the northern water tribe the mechanists war balloons that he created yeah that darn war minister patented them and took them and trademarked them this guy how dare he and everyone's kind of horrified but ang isn't very intimidated he's like if they've got air power so do i and he soars off to attack and Katar goes and joins them and this is this is the moment where i was mentioning hinting at where yeah i feel like these folks are definitely dying i feel like i there's got to be no way that they're not <laughs> i guess i should also mention the fact that i i said war balloons 
But I also forgot to mention behind the war balloons is not what they're shocked by, but these dirigibles, yeah. these airships, big airships. Yeah. And boy, those, that design is so cool. Yeah, definitely really cool. I like that a lot. So it looks like the fire nation now has control over ground sea and the air. Yeah. Things just got interesting. <laughs> But not complete control of the air as we see Aang, yeah, slicing right through their balloons and yeah, killing the, the crews on them, I would think. This is prep for killing the Fire Lord. Exactly. Yeah, he's gotta get that like tell that, that that kill streak up so he can like, you know, launch a tactical nuke if he's in COD. <laughs> no. <laughs> or whatever, you know, kill streaks are in, yeah. in COD. But anyway. Um No, so yeah, but these are the smaller balloons. He isn't like him and Katara don't take out the dirigibles. No. Uh, but in the meantime, yeah, the rest of the ground party uh, make it a quick retreat back to the uh, port to get in the submersibles. Yeah. Yeah. And as Aang Guitar realize that they can't take these guys on and they return back to their ship, we also see Zuko returning to the prison that we've uh, yeah seen earlier in the, in, I guess maybe not this episode, but at least the first episode. Correct. And as he arrives there, we see the the guards all hiding out. They're all fearful and some of them are looking pretty beaten up. And as he arrives in Iroh's chambers, his his prison cell, we see that smug guard from earlier, and he's he's not looking so smug anymore. He's looking like a drooling fool. It's weird. Like there's even some structural damage, not only to you know the cell, but like to the uh, area leading up to the cell as well. Like there was a big fight. Yeah. I wonder what happened, especially when he sees that the whole cell itself is like the front end is gone. It's like, what the fudge? It's the old Rorschach. I'm not locked in here with you. You're locked <laughs> in here with me. I was going to say, looks like he got hit by a brick house. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Zuko, you know, asks, like demands the smug guard to, you know, tell him what's up and like fear of God in him. He's like, never seen this guy before this, prisoner he like just broke out and like just cleared us all out and like as if he were like a one-man army and yeah. zuko then leaves uh, and cut back to um uh, the resistance making their way over uh down the switchbacks and over to the port but then the uh dirigibles come in and start firebombing and are dropping bombs everywhere to clearly pick off all the resistance yeah uh, indiscriminately and also just do damage to their roads anyway <laughs> yeah and thankfully it doesn't really cause too much damage because our crew has a lot of earthbenders who can just protect themselves and but our group realizes that oh they weren't really they weren't really aiming for us they were just kind of dropping that as a just kind of a hope that they would get us but really their true target is is further off as they're heading back to the port Oh no, that's not good. By the way, uh, I guess this uh, the dirigibles answer my question as to where all the navy are. Ah, They're probably all up there piloting all those like probably bigger than warships uh, or navy sh naval ships, maybe about the same size. Um, uh, yeah, dirigibles. <laughs> also, I missed my opportunity to say, "Oh no, it's the it's the hell carriers from Winter Soldier." Run! <laughs> oh no, not this again. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah. So Ang realizes that, yeah, as you said, they are going after the submersibles. Uh, submersibles, excuse me. And it all kicks into them. It's like, oh, we don't have a way out. Uh, we don't got an escape plan. 
crap, what are we going to do? Yep, things escalate. The yeah, Even though they couldn't get the Fire Lord and, you know, things, it seems like they wasted their opportunity. Things are just getting worse and worse because now all the adults are like, okay, well, since we don't have a way to escape and there's not a ton of room on Appa, you guys just take all the youth among us and all of us adults are just going to, you know, surrender and be arrested. And thankfully they say no one's going to die, but who knows if the Fire Nation might just show up and be like, okay, summary execution for everyone. You executed our the guys in our like small, you know, hot air balloons. So we only do, we only see it to do the same. Yeah. And yeah, I doubt there was no captain please between like members of the resistance. It's like, yeah, yeah right. Man, they even like drop those bombs on Hugh with his like in his like swamp skin. It's like, dang, yep. like that would have that could have like, you know, murdered him. But I think I guess there was enough seaweed that was thick enough to like absorb the impact. <laughs> but yeah, it's it is. Yeah, it is definitely a dark time. It is that turning point in literally like in Return of the Jedi where um, it's like, oh, you think that, you know, the we they, they've taken over the shield generator on endor it's like nope <laughs> of course not so the rebel squadron is just still stuck up there like circling the um this uh the death star and leading back into star destroyers it's like oh crap yeah and we get this this kind of sad moment as they're all all the adults are saying goodbye kind of putting their their youngsters onto the the oppa plane and yeah it's a sad moment and yeah yeah we got uh we got um teo we have uh the duke we have haru and then obviously the rest of the boomerangs yeah so hey they're added their new additions to the um the boomerangs let's go yeah there we go and apparently Zuko's gonna try to pair up with them too this is gonna be a packed crew going forward i have no idea what's gonna happen there but yeah, yeah similar shots to uh at the end of crossroads of destiny where uh, they all leave the Earth Kingdom in ruin and broken after Aang almost died. A similar shot is seen where, yeah, they fly away on Appa into uh, the unknown. And I I do wish that um, after, you know, we see Azula... Oh, hey, she's inside the ship. Or she's inside one of the airships. Yeah. Um, she's like, oh, they'll be back. Uh, because the... <laughs> Should we... Shall we uh... Uh, there's another one. Uh, should I shoot him down? Don't worry, there's no life forms on there. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, now this time she's like, they'll be back. Like, let them run. Yeah. Uh, we have what we need. And this is another part where I wish we didn't have him say like, what's going to happen next. I kind of wish Ang didn't say where he's about to say. I'm just like, I know he could say like, I know just the place, and then just leaves. Yeah. No, that might have been better. Yeah. But that, that or and then stops talking. But that's just me. Yeah, and then we see as they're flying off into the distance. Another one of those little uh, little balloons shows up. And no, it says on the side, "Slave One." <laughs> oh no! In, in from the rubbish, the, in from all the the garbage and uh, debris that the uh, the the airships dropped off. Yeah, and then we see Aang hop on his air glider again and slice right through it. And Zuko's like, "No, I'm trying to join you." As he's going to his death. This wasn't supposed to happen. But no, I like the shot of Zuko watching on as he's following. And to end the episode, at least in my mind, it is the um, scene and or the, the, the theme or the score during uh, the bid in Rogue One uh, when the Rogue One squadron is leaving the planet that had Galen Urso on it and he dies. 
um, yeah, just that shot reminded me of that for some reason. I, I don't know why, but so ends the false series finale. It looks like we have several episodes left. Oops. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say I'll jump into my uh, final thoughts for this one. I thought that this was lived up to the hype. This is the the day of the Black Sun, the big plant they've been doing all this time. I think that they executed it all very well. And of course, since it's the mid-season, they can't you know, really bring us to the end. Um, and, and the fact, of course, that Aang has still not learned firebending, something that's been bothering us all season. I think they did a good job bringing all the elements together for... From this point on, things are getting real serious, and yeah, some some big escalations and some some status quo changes with now Sokka and Katara's dad locked up, and all these other friends of theirs they met along the way, the people that were gonna help them in the final battle. Now their whole army's basically been lost. So some dire times, and I'll say yeah. we didn't mention it, but I liked the right before the the group of kids left that Aang thanked them all for the work that they've done and so that he's going to make it up to them. The speech that he delivered there, I thought was really impactful. And it was even giving me some little bits of dust in my eye as it were. (laughs) (laughs) It coggles the, uh, the the bits of your heart. Yeah. It warms the cockles of my heart. There you go. Thank you very much. Got that wrong. Yeah, no. Um, Aang making the speech to everybody was rousing and definitely thanking them for all they did, even though they're about to probably go into concentration camps or prisons. Oh, boy. Who knows? And be tortured or just executed. Who knows? Outright. A lot of bloodbenders can be made after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I, you know, off script, because this was all scripted by us. Um, wonderful episode. Wonderful pair of episodes. And could not ask for anything better. <laughs> Is this how The Last Jedi should have ended? <laughs> Anyways, because this is definitely like they are now at their like darkest moment, like the most yeah. futilist of moments. Like they literally have nothing going for them. So it's like, oh, man, what's going to happen next? Yeah, and I'm excited to find out. I'm very excited to see. Um, I've been yeah sitting on when's this firebending uh, teaching going to start happening? And I'm hoping it's going to start happening very soon. So... <laughs> seems we have direction going which i like yeah so that's it for now folks till next time peace No, no, you will die. Oops. (laughs) That, I guess, worked.